I'm going to take you back to a time that most of us wish to forget, the beginning of the pandemic. In those early months when we knew hardly anything about this virus, there was great concern about how COVID would affect newborn babies. And as a result, newborn babies were often removed from their mother if she tested positive to COVID. Now new research reveals that meant a very low breastfeeding rate for those bubs who were separated after birth. Professor David Tingay is the group leader for neonatal research at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute and our guest this morning. Professor Tingay, welcome. Professor Tingay, welcome to the program. I think we've got a problem with that line. We'll try and sort that out. But this is a really interesting piece of research, the beginning of the COVID pandemic. And this is international research that saw the removal of babies from mothers. Also, a lack of skin-on-skin contact, which is a pretty basic thing that happens after babies are born. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Patricia, and thank you very much for having me on today. You looked at the experience of women and newborns across 10 countries. Did hospitals approach the risk in different ways? Yep, thanks very much. We at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute uh, led a study across 10 countries globally to better understand the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic pandemic on hospital practices to promote mother-baby bonding. And one of the findings was quite was quite interesting in that most countries did actually try to place policies in place to encourage family-centered care such as breastfeeding, cohabitation and skin-to-skin contact. And these practices were quite similar irrespective of the country um, and the region and indeed the type of approach more generally applied to the pandemic um, socially. Um, Unfortunately, our findings did show that for most places, despite having these policies in place, putting them into practice was often very, very difficult, particularly in the early phases of the pandemic, as you said earlier. So what was happening then um, during the, the early phase? Well, we studied almost 700 babies and... Importantly, the transmission of infection from mother to baby was actually very rare, with only 5% of babies having a positive COVID-19 test. And for most of these babies, infection was either um, asymptomatic or thankfully very mild. But particularly early in the phase of the pandemic, the majority of babies born to mothers with COVID-19 were being separated at some stage after their birth whilst in hospital, even when the mother and baby were unwell. And this led to very low rates of breastfeeding, lower than we were expecting from pre-pandemic data, and low rates of initial physical contact between mother and baby. And we suspect, but we can't be sure, that what we were um, what we were documenting was the challenges based around the uncertainties that were present, particularly early in the pandemic, around the impact on babies who are who with other viruses we know are quite at risk um, compared to older populations and the demands placed on people to ensure good infection control. And this created a paradox for neonatal clinicians where they wanted to minimise risk to the mother and the baby and the staff, but also encourage mother-baby bonding. And I think over time, it it took some time for clinicians to learn how to adapt to balance these competing needs. So how can this data be used in the future if we were to have another pandemic? And, you know, we absolutely might might have another pandemic. How can hospitals manage infection control while not upending that connection? What are you recommending? Well, 
it's a very complex uh, solution and I don't think I can recommend a, a single soundbite that will give an answer. Um, and I would like to say that I think we can extrapolate or use these data not just to talk about um, how we may raise uh, manage mother-baby care uh, in hospital for the, for the current pandemic but also potentially future ones, but also more generally how we manage mother-baby care and family-centred care for all mothers and babies, whether there's an infection or not particularly where the mother or the baby has been very unwell because our data showed that it was babies who were um, themselves unwell for other reasons and needing admission to the neonatal intensive care or mothers who are very unwell and needing critical care who are at the greatest risk for impeded family-centred care. I think the solution, firstly, is for us to have a discussion and be thinking about it. And if parents, clinicians and society are recognising the importance of mother-baby bonding at birth for both the mother and the baby, then at least we can start having that discussion with all of the other people involved in delivering safe obstetric care, including the infection uh, disease uh, teams. The solutions will require often quite lateral thought and, and thinking about how we can um, apply individualised care for each baby and, and mother-baby dyad. So from the lack of skin-on-skin uh, -skin contact, lower breastfeeding rates, what are you worried are the consequences of this? Yeah, that's a very good question. So I think all mothers and all parents know how important it is to spend time with their baby shortly after birth. And a very simple and effective way to do that is to allow the parent and the baby to room in together. This first, this will obviously increase breastfeeding rates as well. Breast milk promotes the perfect nutrition for babies, allows them to grow, and it protects the mother and the baby against certain long-term later life illnesses like asthma, diabetes, and um, and obesity. And skin-to-skin -skin contact between um, a baby and, and their parent helps them adjust to life out, outside of the womb. It helps support the mother to initiate breastfeeding and it develops close loving relationships between the baby and the parent. And in particular, even for very sick babies who uh, are the sort of babies I look after in my day-to-day -day practice who need intensive care, we know that if we can initiate family-centered care, which you can imagine is quite complex for a baby who's intensive care, mm. Their, their survival will go up and we see less instability while they're in intensive care. So the take-home message for us is that the pandemic has shown us that there was an impact on family-centred care for this population of babies, particularly early in the pandemic. Clinicians have been learning to adapt and recognising the importance of family-centred care in our practice, even um, when um, infection control has been needed to be paramount. And it also highlights that, um, as you said, many of us wish the pandemic was over, the times of the pandemic were over and we can yep. think about it. But for our smallest people, probably the largest impact they're going to have from the pandemic will be in the future now um, from their experiences. And they're less acute than you and I may have expected. So we would hope that um, people, uh, the community will continue to provide resources for us to better understand these families yep. and for us to support them moving forward. Thank you so much. Professor David Tingay is the group leader for neonatal research at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.
Hi, podcasters. Just jumping back in with a special call out for the health report. Dr. Norman Swan, who, of course, you know from RN Brekkie and, well, everywhere, hosts the health report with Tegan Taylor. And it's really worth hearing if you want to stay up to date with the latest in health and medical news. Search for it on the ABC Listen app.